welcome to episode four of Achieving Fitness, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're Lauren and Jason Pack, and today we're going to answer how to address an excessive arch in your back during strength training exercises, how to know when to increase your weights in a class setting, and how we opened a business at a young age. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. All right, so before we get into any of those questions, we did have one quick question that we wanted to address from Mihan, one of our achievers. She actually asked what brands we recommend for workout leggings. So Jason, you want to take this one? <laughs> I'll start this one off. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, I, I mean, I guess there's a lot of good brands out there. Lululemon does tend to have a lot of good, good coverage. That was one of the things she asked is good, good coverage while squatting. <laughs> um, also Athleta. I really like Athleta. I think they're a great brand. I really like what they stand for. So I would uh, lean more towards supporting them as a brand. And also they have really good quality um, clothing. And my number one tip for spandex is when you're in the dressing room, uh, do some squats and check yourself out in the mirror and make sure they can't see through them. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, it's, you know, you never know. So try to find a place that has some three-way mirrors and, <laughs> and just do a couple of squats for a little extra check. But I think Athleta is probably would be my number one uh, recommendation. Okay, so we are going to start today with a question from someone on Instagram. Uh, Her handle is Cinefer14, and she said, I tend to arch my back when I do certain strength exercises, such as barbell squats, overhead presses, etc. Not sure how to correct it. I try to keep my core tight and engaged, but after doing barbell squats, my lower back feels strained. All right, so this is definitely something that we uh, that we see a lot and that we hear a lot is that people are feeling some stress in their lower back from movements like squats or presses where it's not that's not the area that you're supposed to be working or that you're supposed to be feeling it in. Um, and usually this is just a matter of your position. So so like she said, she knows that she tends to arch her back when she's doing certain strength training exercises. So right away, the awareness of that is important. Um, but now trying to understand how to how to correct it um, is the next step. And so one of the things is to just simply try to get uh, strong, more strength in your core in a more neutral position. So we recommend exercises like dead bugs and marching variations, which we've posted on Instagram a few times. So check out our Instagram feed. We have a couple things that would say like how to do, um, I think the most recent one was our three favorite core exercises and there's a dead bug variation in there. So that would be that would be one. And the second thing is to think about your positioning throughout the movement. So a lot of times people will set themselves up in a good position, but then as they start performing the exercise, they lose that position. And so what you want to think about is that your rib cage is sitting directly over your pelvis. And so you can think about it as like a cylinder. And basically the top of the cylinder is like an upside down bowl, that's your rib cage, and the bottom of the cylinder is like a right side up bowl, and that's your pelvis. And as you're going through the exercise, you want to keep that cylinder in the same shape throughout. If you start to arch your back, those bowls will start to spill out, right? Mm-hmm. And so this tends, we see this the most with squats, where you start and you might be in a good position, and then the very first move is to stick your butt back and open up through your through your midsection. And then this, basically what you can envision is that the bowls are spilling out their mm-hmm. contents, right? Yeah. So yeah, basically when you're in that sort of position, you're really overworking your lower back um, when you're in that position of extension. And the two things we'd recommend, just like Lauren just talked about, are to work on your positioning as well as work on core exercises that encourage that position. Now, in the meantime, you might need to go away from things like back squats or overhead pressing. And and having having a barbell on your back like that can encourage that sort of open extended posture. And so what we'd recommend instead, you can still squat but maybe have a dumbbell in front of you that you can grab like a goblet squat and hold that in front of you. And that helps to keep 
a squatting pattern while um, not exposing your lower back to excessive arching. Same thing goes for a military press. You can go lay down on a bench and transform it to more of an incline variation, an incline bench variation, where you're still working uh, your upper body, but in a more, uh, in a safer pattern. Um, you can also have maybe an angled barbell press where you have a barbell against the wall and it's at an angle. Um, people call it a landmine att- attachment. And you just put the barbell in the landmine attachment and you can do presses at more of an angle. So you don't go fully overhead and expose yourself to more of a extended arched position. All right, good stuff. Thank you so much for the question. Um, the next one we'll go to is actually from my aunt, Karen Kennedy. And uh, I was with her down in Florida. And, well, we were on a walk um, on our way home from Pickleball, which I learned how to play, which is actually sounds like it would be like... No offense, Auntie Karen, but it sounds like it'd be like an old person sport, right? Pickleball. But it was it was really intense, and I was actually like the worst one out there because they all knew what they were doing, and I was like running all over the place. It's like a, it's kind of like doubles tennis, but with almost like a ping pong paddle. It was cool. Anyway, uh, I digress. So we were walking back from pickleball, and she was asking me. Um, how to know when to increase her weights when she's taking classes. She's taking classes at the YMCA right now in her town, and she does like a body body pump type class, and she's just not sure when she should increase her weights and how to know when. So yeah, in these large group class settings, it's really difficult to understand when you should lower or increase the weights, um, especially because the instructor can't possibly manage all, you know, however many people are in the group. Um, so I, I think the best way is to go from like an RPE uh, standpoint. So rate of perceived exertion. So from a scale of one to 10, 10 being like the toughest thing you've ever had to lift and one being like you're lifting nothing. Ideally, what we want to keep our zone to is in the seven to eight region. That's sort of the sweet spot where we want to be. We kind of want to be in this sort of moderately challenging to difficult realm but not pushing to that nine and 10 region where it's really a challenge and you might be compensating to uh, complete the exercise, nor is it more of a five or a six where it's pretty easy and you can just go through the motions. So ideally getting to a point where you're doing exercise, let's say you're doing squats with 25 pounds on your back during the body pump class, get to a point where that feels like more of a four, five, or six. And then from there, you can know that you can bump up the weights to get back to that seven or eight. Yeah, that's great. And I would also say that another thing to pay attention to is your first and last rep of a certain exercise should look the same. So if it's too heavy, usually your last rep is going to look different from your first. As And what I mean by that is you might start to lose your form. You might start to struggle on the way up. Your knees might start to cave in or your your, your torso might start mm-hmm. to collapse forward. So if you're noticing that, you've probably gone too high with the weights. Mm-hmm. Um, if you notice that by the end, like Jason was saying, like your perceived exertion level hasn't really changed, like you just feel like you just went through the motions, then you probably should go up in weight. So there is that fine line. You don't want to just go up every week because you feel like you're supposed to. Um, and that rate of perceived exertion should also correspond with maintaining good form throughout the set. Yes, definitely. So quality, keeping in mind quality with the quantity. Yeah. Cool. So I hope that helps out DK and anyone else out there who's taking group classes. Um, all right. And then our last question comes from Arielle and she asked, um, how Jason and I opened such a successful business at such a young age, (laughs) um, which is very kind of her to ask. Thank you so much. And she said, where do you start? Where do you even start? Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we started the business. We got our, like, we got incorporated when we were 24. 
Um, so yeah, I would say that's pretty young. Um, and I think that the most important thing when she said, where do you even start? That was an interesting question to me because the, the thing that we did was we felt that there was something missing in the industry that we wanted to be in. And so we didn't open the gym because we wanted to be entrepreneurs or because we were hoping to make a lot of money or because we're, and you know, other reasons that maybe, um, sometimes people start a business. Our reason was because there was something that we felt was missing in the fitness industry that we wanted to provide and we couldn't find it anywhere. And it felt like the only way to do it was to do it ourselves, was to create it. And so that was our driving force behind starting a business. And I think that that's where you have to start is you have to start with knowing that what you want to do isn't out there and that it's a passion and it's something that's going to continue to drive you forward. And then once you decide, like once you are, you say like, okay, we have this vision, we, we're, we can't figure out how to do it any other way except for to do it on our own, then the nitty gritty stuff starts, right? And then you actually have to figure out how to create a viable successful business <laughs> um, because you can't just wish your way into having it. Yeah. So first thing we did, very first thing was hire coaches. Um, if you're not a business person, business savvy, business minded, or, or have any background in that, you need to go find people who do know about it. Because while we felt like we were pretty good trainers, we had six years of experience under our belts as coaches, that meant nothing in terms of knowing how to negotiate a lease and how to <laughs> like manage finances and all these things that like we we didn't know those things and we couldn't think that just because we were good trainers meant that we could be successful gym owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hired uh, our our mentors Alan and Rachel Cosgrove out in California and they basically we went to them before we even found a space you know wrote a business plan anything we just knew that this was something we wanted to do so we actually went out and hired somebody right away to help us. Um, put it all together. So they were our mentors and they really helped us with all laying the groundwork for everything. And we kind of thought we would go out there and they would talk about those things like, you know, how to negotiate a lease and all the, the hard stuff like finances, everything like that. And they did talk about all of that. But the, the biggest things that we took away from the first weekend that we went out there was they, again, like the vision and your core values and making sure that you have everything in place to understand what your business was going to be built around the foundation of your business, which is, um, your core values. So what is important to you and which, um, values do you want of your own? Do you want to have in the business? So for example, our number one core value is to, um, always bring a smile and a positive attitude. Like that's how we live our lives. And so we wanted to make sure that that's what was what our business reflected as well. And because we had our core values so squared away and we had we Lauren and I were so aligned with our vision of what achieve would look and also just feel like um a lot of our decision making was just based upon that feeling. So we kind of even till this day like we'll go against our coach's advice, we'll go against uh common wisdom and just make it make our decisions based on how we feel. Um, making them. That's a really good point because you have to know what's important to you and you have to know what matters to you in order to be able to make any decisions around your business. And they're, you know, most successful businesses will probably tell you that they went, they broke the rules most of the time, right? Because (laughs) they, they didn't do things the way. And obviously there are some rules you want to follow and we followed a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes down to 
decisions around your culture, decisions around the the feeling of your business, decisions around hiring, those are all need to be very true to who you are. And if you try to conform those decisions to the way another business did it, it's probably actually um, going to be less advantageous than if you just did it your own way. Yeah, all those things that Lauren just mentioned, they need to take precedent over making money or um, decisions that would ne- negatively uh, affect the culture of whatever you're trying to build um because as soon as the reverse happens then then just a lot of um that's where people will fall into this sort of slippery slope yeah. when they when they lose the initial intention and vision of the business yeah so now when we have so it's been almost five years which is so crazy like the next next month will be your your five yeah. um and we still refer back to the exact same vision that we started with and it's evolved i mean Everything in life evolves and, and changes in certain ways, but it still has that that same trajectory of where we want to go with this, what we're what we had in mind, what we wanted to create, which was a welcoming, inclusive, supportive space for people who who maybe didn't feel like they fit into a gym, but now feel like they do. Um, that's always going to be there, and that's always going to be our driving force behind our business. And then we hope that we can continue to make money so that we can continue to offer that to people, right? So you have to obviously have the the X's and O's, and you have to understand the business side of things in terms of making money if you want to be able to provide the service that you that you want to provide. And I mean, because everything, because we're so clear with what we want to get done. And um, how passionate we are about it, we're willing to put in the countless hours of work to make sure that gets done. And you can only really persevere through these tough hours if you understand what you're so passionate about in the first place. So I think everything just revolves back to Lauren and I being very much on the same page with what kind of culture we wanted, what kind of community we wanted at the gym, what kind of vibe and atmosphere and vision we had for the future. Yeah. Absolutely. And one last thing that I just thought of was uh, Ariel asked like at such a young age and that keeps coming back. I keep coming back to that because I think a lot of people um, think about certain things as disadvantages. So for for us, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're so young. Like, how are you doing it? And we always were like, we're so young. This is the perfect time to do this. Yeah. Like, we're so lucky that we're young and we don't have kids and we don't you know, like we don't have other responsibilities necessarily. So you can always look at your situation as an advantage or a disadvantage. Um, we even just went and talked to the women over at Bantam Cider, who are our neighbors um, at Achieve, and they're, they're two females who own the business, and they talked about how being a female-owned business is an advantage. And we just think that that's something that's important, is to always look at your situation and ask yourself, how is my situation advantageous rather than what's holding me back? Nice. Um, so I want to throw that in there because it just just came to me this moment of brilliance (laughs) all right um, so I think that wraps up episode 4 yeah I think that's the end of it cool so thank you so much for those questions we really appreciate it and we want to hear more so if you would either DM us on Instagram message us on Facebook or um, comment on YouTube all of our handles there are Achieve Fitness Boston so you can find us on all three of those Places. Shoot us an email at podcast at achievefitnessboston.com. And lastly, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or really any other major podcasting channel. We're on all of them. Um, yeah. Until next time. Peace. Love. And muscles. muscles.